family life can be both rewarding and frustrating. That is why we are here to strengthen families with quality information and support to meet the many challenges they face. Welcome to In Support of Families. Parents all over the world have been through the same trials that you are facing. Your host, Emma Lou Penrod, is here to help with valuable parenting tips for a happy, orderly home. I'm talking to Dominic today from Kenya. I'm really impressed that I can do that, talk to somebody from Kenya. He'll tell you more about where he's from. Dominic is a life coach, a tour guide, and a food relief provider. His story is fascinating. What he's done in his life is amazing. Dominic, welcome. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much. And I want you to go ahead and tell us a little bit more about what you do. Okay. My name is Dominic Obadia. I'm from Kenya in a place called Kisi, uh, Kenya in East Africa. I'm a life coach. I'm a social worker, in this case, food relief, a provider, and at the same time, I'm a tour operator. I run a tours and travel company by the name Team Africa Safaris. I'm a father of two lovely children, aged 14 years old and eight. I'm also a loving husband to one wife by the name Rose. That's who I am in terms of introduction. And I'd like mention what your daughter's doing. I'm, I'm impressed. It sounds like she's following to be just like her dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. My daughter, when she was eight years old, she approached me and asked me to let her know what is this thing called the cup. Here in Africa, especially in my community, the Gusi people and another one called the Kalenjin, the Korea people, and the Maasai, they practice female genital nutrition for women or young girls. So she reached out to me and said, I need information to know what this is all about. So I told her, and she said, Dad, you know what, I'm not going to do it. It's a cultural practice that is outdone, but uh, it's being practiced underground, and it's causing more harm to young ladies than good. So... Uh, as a social worker and a life coach, I've done a lot of research on uh, FGM, and I said no as well some time back. And uh, I've, been, I've been the voice for young women going through meetings and, saying, and, and advocating for the stop of FGM. So my daughter said no to FGM, and she said no to the cat. And years later in high school, in primary school, you could go to speak to girls and tell them this is wrong, it's going to do you more harm than good. And he was branded an FGM ambassador. So right now, at the age of 14, he's going uh, to girls almost her age and even beyond up to 18, telling them about FGM and why they should not do it. And also she's involved with doing feminine hygiene training girls in our school. And when she's home, she meets so many cousins and relatives and friends, and she talks about it. And lately, I started introducing her to formal training, whereby she can be able to speak about it. And she appeared on a national TV 
last week for the first time speaking about FGM. Wow, that is amazing. At 14, that's wonderful. Thank you. Tell us more about your food relief provider. So what is, you know, in... I think all around the world, we felt the effects of COVID, but what, it has been, what has it been like in Kenya? Okay, since the start of uh, COVID-19, the pandemic actually rendered many families uh, jobless. They lost their jobs in many numbers, and uh, others, families are struggling to put uh, food on the table for their families, and I've seen young children starving because they don't have anything to eat and the situation became so horrible then I thought of something I can be able to uh, become the voice for the voiceless there is a lot of need here so many don't have enough food including my own mother but I decided I will choose and narrow down for those that are very needy and will not if they cannot be helped they may die so I went down and started voicing and highlighting places in the villages, stretched even as far as 90 miles from where I am. And then I highlight their case. I look for friends. I go to the social media platform. I look for, for the local uh, news agencies, the media people, and we highlight their cases and help us in coming. So since the start of uh, the pandemic, I've been able to reach out to the disabled or the specially challenged people in, in among us our community and also the widowed, including the older generation. The last, one of the cases I can remember vividly, I've done, I've done so many, I've done 237 cases that are provided with food for a week since the start of the pandemic. And, uh, some of the cases are extreme, like an 115-year-old woman who, was, uh, who is blind, widowed, and living in abject poverty and uses an open toilet uh, uh, to relieve herself. That was not okay. So I was able to help build a, a, a Latin, which is now okay, and which gives her dignity. Another woman is a, a widowed woman who was a specially challenged child and uh, lived in a very horrible condition. The house was leaking, grass touch, leaking all over. You can see inside out, from, uh, even from outside, you can be able to see her house and what's inside there. <laughs> so I fundraised money, we were able to build a house, an iron uh, sheet house and made of um, iron and sticks and uh, soil and uh, doors and windows, which is now a nice one, a three-bedroom house. She has a house and a latrine, and I recently started a, a vegetable garden project for her and three women near her home. So she's gonna be having her own vegetables from her own garden. So that is empowering the woman. And I'm so passionate about it because for one, I'm a product of a woman. I was born out of a woman, my mother. Then later on, I married a, a lady. That's number two reason I'm so passionate about serving and helping women. And then number three, I'm blessed to, uh, to become a beautiful father so, or a daughter. So those three reasons uh, make me wake up every day to serve women 
because they make me who I am today. That's beautiful. That is absolutely wonderful. Now, you have also come up with some really effective ideas on how you can help, not just right now, but long-term. Can you talk about those projects? You called them sustainable projects? Yes. Okay, Food Relief came as a result of the pandemic because we're in strange times. Desperate moments calls for desperate uh, answers. So that's why we came, I came up with the food relief to help those that are vulnerable, poor, needy, and sick. But uh, what is the way forward? The way forward is to, uh, I thought of doing something sustainable that can be able to, pro to produce or provide money for them and be able to provide resources for them. So one of the things that I do, uh, I'm so much passionate about, is helping women and youth in the villages have their own vegetable gardens because every family has a piece of land that they can be able to do vegetables. So it's one way of reducing malnutrition as well. It's another way of also helping families become independent and also make extra money out of their vegetables and also become committed and uh, reduce cases of laxity. And at the same time, we can be able to do something on our land to reduce irrigation that is taking away the good soil. So for on vegetable uh, garden, I fence a piece of land, probably uh, we can talk about 20 by 20 feet with a fence, chicken wire fence. Then uh, I, uh, I make boxes uh, that is uh, eight feet by four feet. I make boxes. And then uh, I get a string and divide the boxes into one square feet on the boxes. Then I fill with soil in there. I mix it with manure or without, if the soil is good enough. I mostly work with loam soil. Then I, I plant uh, seedlings on the boxes. So each uh, lady where he's supposed to have one box of mixed vegetables ranging from carrots, uh, carrots, onions, tomatoes, kales, uh, spinach, and lettuce, something like that. So, and then another corner will have a vegetable tower. A vegetable tower is a stack that is filled with soil that has got uh, uh, seedlings planted into the stack all over around, making it look like a big tree that is growing from every side. So that is another way that I can, we can be able to create a garden project that can produce vegetables enough for a family of even up to 15 and an extra one that can be sold uh, for a dollar. And then at the end of the month, the, uh, this thing single lady will be able to have a minimum of $30 income coming in at the same time they have their own vegetables. So number one, uh, we do what we call putting the skin into the game. The women have to participate. And on the other end, my part is to help them get the seedlings, get the tools, and get the chicken. 
I mean the chicken wire fence, which we can use to protect the, the garden from intruders like cows, sheep and goats and chicken. They have to be outside. So that is my part. And then also my other part is to train them on planting, on thinning, on pruning, on weeding, on spraying of pesticides when and the amount that is needed. So after the training, I will also, I believe that their part is to take care of the garden so that by themselves, so that they can be able to learn how to do it by themselves. And then the last part is after they have successfully uh, started their own vegetable garden, I asked them to also teach another woman next door or neighbor to do the same thing so that we can cause a ripple effect. So if I do 100, I expect them also to do 100 each. So if that happens, we can be able to do it uh, to many people because we are teaching them to teach others and others to teach others. By the end of maybe 50 years, even when we are not there or 100 years, we will be able to reduce the cases of malnutrition and solve a problem of, of poverty in Africa. That is one of the models that I'm passionate about. I, I love it. I love it. Then another project that I'm passionate about is uh, we can fundraise. My dream is to fundraise. We've done it before, and I wish to do it again and again with friends who are like-minded. We can fundraise goats and chicken. So here, one chicken is uh, $10. So if we donate 10 chicken to a group of 10 women, so these 10 women come together so that we can teach them on how they can work together as a group, as a team and raise 10 chicken in one family. They have to come, keep on coming to this family and again until the project matures. So if you give them 10 chicken to 10 women or five women to, again, it's 10 chicken, they will take care of the 10 chicken. After a period of time, the 10 chicken will lay eggs and brood and have chicks. So when they have chicks, they will divide the chicks among themselves and they are on their own. So that, that means uh, out of 10 chicken, we can be able to have another 10 chicken from one chicken at the end of one year. So in five years, the chickens will be so many to a level that they can be able to sell the chicken and buy goats and from goats buy cows and cows here provide milk, manure and the milk can be sold for school fees and can be also used to reduce malnutrition because it's healthy for children and everyone, of course. And the most important thing, they can sell the calves, the extra calves, for school fees. So it's planning ahead for their children and their education, which will transform the entire family in years to come. So they're getting the education they need to get better jobs, you you used an expression I liked about you were you were teaching them to fish. How did you put that? Uh, I teach them to fish so that they can be able to have their own fish instead of giving them a fish. Yes, yes, I like that. That is absolutely wonderful. 
And then in addition to all of this, you also are, you, you didn't use the term tour guide, a, you, you arrange tours of Africa? Yes, I am, uh, for the last decade, I've been involved in tours and travel, working in one of the hotels in Masai Mara. Masai Mara is, this, is a national reserve, is number one travel destination all over the world. And then it is eighth wonder of the world with the highest concentration of wildlife in an open space. Right now, as I'm talking to you, uh, the migration of wildebeest that put Masai Mara on the map is happening now. The migration is the movement of wildebeest. The French people call it Gnu. It's moving movement of wildebeest in terms of uh, up to 1.5 million moving from a neighboring country called Tanzania to Kenya, crossing the Masai Mara River, which is invested with crocodiles. Some of them die there, some of them drown, but thousands of them cross the river to Kenya. And for the, the reason why they keep coming is for pasture and grass, of course. So they've been doing this for the last 100 years or so. They cover up to 3,000 miles without a geographical map to follow. They don't have Google Maps. They just travel using instinct. They follow the same pattern for over 100 years ago. That makes Masai Mara one of the most famous destination places to visit. So my work is to guide and plan itineraries for clients that want to come to Africa. Since I'm a humanitarian, I've been doing humanitarian expeditions. I ask people to come, do humanitarian projects, help with a school, help with a village, help provide medical cover for, 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 for women and people in the villages for maybe five days. And then after that, we head to for safari, see the wildlife and see a beautiful country and they can head back home. So I plan expeditions for them. I advise them, I guide them when they come and I make sure that their stay is comfortable and they have a reason to come back. Wow, <laughs> that really sounds fascinating. I love it. I love it. Dominic, I have so much, Thank you. I have so much respect for what you're doing to help the people there. And, and it was heartwarming that you're looking out for the widows, the elderly, the people with special needs. You, you also mentioned briefly, if you, I, well, I know, and I've seen also from your Facebook page that you have helped, you mentioned, what, 200 and, I have 257. 37 as, as, okay. as part today. Awesome. Oh, thank you for what you're doing. You're making the world a better place, and thank you for taking the time to tell us about it. Is there anything else you'd like to tell us? Okay. Uh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and an honor to have you here and to know you. And uh, I always believe that uh, any person that I meet was meant to. So I'll pass across today because this is the time. It's the right time. by mistake. It is by the perfect will and planning of God. And uh, one thing I can tell our people out there, we are all the same, black, white, red, green, yellow, whatever color we are, tall, short, 
we are God's children, we are the same, and you can be able to serve. It, make it a priority to serve someone near you. It doesn't have to be Africa. It doesn't have to be Asia. It doesn't have to be another state near you. Be of service to someone. Make someone's life better. By so doing, we will make this world a better place. I know we will change the world. The world will never change itself. It's me and you who have the change that we need. Thank you so much. I love it. Yes, we can change your life. And thank you. Thanks for listening. I started this podcast with the goal of providing useful information to parents and families. I'd like to know how I'm doing. Please like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using, and then go to my website, hypnosis4motivation.com. Leave a comment and let me know what your greatest challenges are. Are there topics you'd like to learn more about that we haven't covered yet? How can we help meet your needs as a family member? Do you have a story to share that would help others? Reach out to me at hypnosisformotivation.com. Use a number four. I'd love to hear from you.